Hey, dream chasers and aspiring game changers. I'm your host and brand coach, Lindria Reynolds, and welcome back to Next Level Brand Behavior, your dose of creative fuel to help you catch those dreams, stop overthinking, and elevate that life-changing brand. I pray everyone is doing well during this new normal and health crisis. We are in a time where everyone is either panicking or pivoting. But today, I want to encourage you to have a moment of self-discovery. Before this crisis, I interviewed the incredible Karen Pettigrew. Karen helps people find their aha moment and live an extraordinary life. She's worked in marketing and strategy for Gatorade, the Illinois State Lottery, a global cosmetics brand. She's even done work for the White House and Quaker Oaks. She's coached countless entrepreneurs and individuals, and she's even had partnerships in the public and private space, including Northwestern and the Chicago Urban League. I hope you feel inspired today by our conversation. It is truly going to be an hour of power. So breathe, take a moment to have some self-discovery and enjoy. So I am so elated today to have with me, you know, to get, we're actually together in the same space and I'm really privileged um, to be with Karen Pettigrew. Um, She is just a Renaissance woman, you know, coach, consultant. She is helping entrepreneurs and creatives, you know, from all over really discover who they are and live their best lives at every area of their lives and just take take their gifts to a new level. And so I'm privileged to have this conversation with her today and just kind of dive a little bit more into, you know, what does that really mean? And also discuss with her Zoe Goes, like her new fashion line. And so this is it's really amazing. And so Karen, my first question to all of my guests is, what's your creative love story? When did your gift make its debut? Well, from a creative creative love story perspective I think I think that I've been creative actually all of my life I mean my mom was an artist and a teacher but um, I've always navigated towards things like creative arts so I can't say that there's a formal start that there's been a formal that there was ever a formal start but I've always found creative ways to do lots of things um, in terms of a love story, I've always loved art, the arts, dance, music, you know, theater, that kind of thing, and then bringing a creative angle to the things that I do. With you always being creative and knowing that you've always been creative, which I think is a beautiful thing. I think all people are creative. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes a self-discovery, you know, moment in life where you're just like, okay, this is it. This is that thing. Um, was there a, a moment or kind of a pivot in your journey where you were like, I'm, I'm good at all these things. I know that I love the arts and, um, but there's this, there's this one thing mm-hmm. that I know that I want to, you know, be my life's work. Well, I think I, um, may have navigated away from my interest and circled back. I mean, as a young person, I had lots of opportunities at opportunities to um, study the flute professionally or to dance ballet professionally or to, and none of those quite felt right. And I found myself following a very mm, business perhaps related trajectory um, well, that's not completely true either, because I left high school and went to college thinking I was going to be a marine biologist. Oh, really? And it was, um, I spent two years studying sciences in undergrad, thinking I was still going to be a marine biologist. And then I decided I didn't want to, I didn't want to teach. At the time, I didn't think I wanted to teach. And I flipped over to economics. And I, you know, I don't know, I just got um, pulled into a wanting to be able to establish something very solid. I wanted to, um, you know, follow going to business. So I applied to business school as a senior in college and got in. 
Um, following that time, though, coming out of college, I wanted to work in brand. And I wanted to either work in brand or advertising. So there's that creative, like, twist. Mm -hmm. And so it was giving me an opportunity even then to combine um, both hemispheres of the brain, right? The kind of logical business side with the creative side. Um, I did that out of business school for a number of years. Started out with Quaker, and then I was deputy director of our state lottery, and then I helped uh, bring a consumer perspective to the deregulation of the natural gas industry, and then I quit. Um, I was introduced to a woman who subsequently became a mentor. Um, her name is Sonia Shoket. She's an intuitive, and she suggested that I should be doing the kind of work she's doing. And I thought, what? <laughs> no, that 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 can't be right. Um, because I went to business school. I'm supposed to be ascending the corporate ladder. I'm supposed to be like this corporate marketing whiz. And um, she really helped me begin to delve into the mind, body, and soul connection. And just metaphysics in general. And I became a voracious reader. I read all kinds of things. I um, took classes, I went to lectures, anything that was related to better knowing and understanding how we engage with ourselves and each other on the planet, and particularly the relationship between the things that seem to happen to us and the things that we can't see that might be contributing to that. Mm. Um, and I made it in corporate for about, I don't know, another couple of years. And then I hit a wall where I was not feeling the work that I was doing. I mean, I was doing a decent job, more than a decent job. They were offering me, um, and I, there was a small group of us peers and who uh, were in a special training program. and the next position, I could pick, let's put it like that, I could pick what I might want to do next. And, and then I started making little mistakes, like little things that were out of character um, for me and the quality of the work that I did. My boss said to me, you know what, something's not right. It was Christmas time. She said, go home. Uh, think about what you want to do here in the organization because you pretty much pick and come back with a fresh head on. And I went home. But when I came back, instead of saying, here's what I want to do, I let her know that I wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. And um, I had spoken with my husband at the time, and it, the whole idea was to maybe start a wellness center in downtown Chicago because, gosh, I want to tell people, you know, you don't have to live like this. You know, <laughs> life can be so different. Here's what you can't see that's affecting the way your life is right now. And um, gave her three months. And when I left, I thought I was going to open a wellness center. And then I saw my mentor again. She said, I think you're supposed to write a book. And I did. I started writing. And I ended up three months later with a book called I Quit and Choose Work That Aligns With My Soul. And for me, creativity is... Um, a core mystery of mine. I love to see how people create in the world and what stimulates them. And I particularly love when people take whatever is unique and special to them and are able to incorporate that into their expression in the world. So each of us has a special place. I, I say that I see people like puzzle pieces mm -hmm. and each one of us has a really unique shape. And just like when you're working a puzzle, you'll grab a piece and you'll say, oh, it looks like this piece should go there. And in fact, some of the edges do fit, mm -hmm. but the other edges don't. And I think a lot of us walk around in the world with ill-defined edges. Like we know part of ourselves really well. Mm -hmm. And then there's a part of ourselves that either we're afraid to look at, we were told not to embrace or look at. Um, we have abandoned for some reason, and I fundamentally believe that that is what takes our power away. 
-hmm. And that's what leads to suffering and depression and all kinds of things because we're not expressing in the way that we're meant to be expressing in the world. So it's, it was a fascinating turn of events because the book, writing the book, led me to wanting to teach what was in the book. And that led me to coaching and clients. And one of my uh, clients led me to end up working with uh, a public-private partnership between Northwestern, the Chicago Urban League, and um, minority small businesses. And those businesses ranged from 500000 to $22 million in sales and coaching them mm. and that's when I really think I began to see the connection between what's happening in our business and what's happening with us personally as mm. entrepreneurs there's we might mentally want to compartmentalize work and home <laughs> but in reality that's not going to happen you yeah. know that can't can't happen. You don't leave who you are at the door when you walk through the door. Right. The same things that motivate you at home are likely to motivate you at work. Uh, the same things that you need to feel seen and heard at work are the same things you need to feel mm -hmm. seen and heard at home. Mm -hmm. So what we have to really do is figure out how to be in the world and to be working in a way that while we're serving others in whatever capacity that is, we are also being served. Yeah. So there's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. The work you do should be an expression of who you are, which should also serve the community that you're choosing to serve, but in doing so also give back to you. If you're doing work you love, and you're serving it up to people who love the work you do, that closes the loop, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's possible, really possible to do that, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work for somebody else. And so what I've discovered is that I think everybody has a core mystery. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is the thing that kind of pulls you forward, that draws you, like that you're curious about. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you know, you're like, oh, I want to know more. And for me, I realized looking backwards, right, that it was how do we create and why do we create the way we do? So there are people who I really admire process. And I'm particularly, I particularly love when people have been able to build what animates them into their process. Mm -hmm. um, there's a woman who has a really popular chocolate um, company called Vosges Chocolate, and her name is Katrina Markov, and she's a Chicagoan. She studied in France, I think it was a Cordon Bleu, came back, was a sous chef for a minute, didn't like it, went to work for a family member's gift catalog business, mm -hmm. um, got put on a project to look up chocolate, <laughs> to build a chocolate gift basket or whatever and discovered that there were no good chocolates out there and that's when she went into her kitchen and started using her skills with flavors and mixed flavors to begin to create these chocolates and truffles that are I don't even know how some of these combinations come together gold leaf um crystallized violets curry um bacon she had one of the first bacon chocolate bars oh, that wow. I'm aware of I, I, I'm serious. I think she did it first. Himalayan sea salt, like ingredients that were so uncommon to me and I think to many people, but that created this really fantastic um, product. And I'm fascinated by her process because she allows herself to be led by the things that she's curious about. Mm -hmm. She did once this uh, Bob Marley truffle box. And it was after spending some number of weeks in Jamaica, getting to know the flavors of the island. And her mom, I think, really loved Bob Marley, so she grew up with Marley music. And in the end, what she put together was a limited edition truffle box that had a CD of his music, and it had all these truffles that were created with wow. all these Jamaican flavors. Like, 
that blew my mind. That is mind blowing. And I think, wow, what if everybody could be in the thing they do Mm -hmm. with that level of both exploration and delivery? So that's a really good example of what I'm talking about as she's serving the rest of us with these fabulous chocolates and truffles with all these crazy flavors and um, she's being fed because she gets to spend the time investigating, tasting, trying in her particular gift or skill, which is, you know, in the kitchen with unique and unusual flavors. Yeah. So that is what, and I, there's several people that I can point to that um, I've followed their careers because it's just fascinating Mm -hmm. to see how they do that. I believe, and perhaps not to the same degree, that it is possible for everyone to do that. Mm -hmm. And that if we did that, murder rates suicide rates, all kinds of the stuff that surfaces negatively would drop dramatically. Mm. Because negative expression is really a way of saying, I don't know how to handle this thing that just came up. Right. Like, I don't know how to express what I'm feeling or I feel incapable of solving this problem. So the only thing I can do is like have this outburst, this tantrum, this reaction. And I'm not judging because we all do it. Yeah. But if we were expressing fully and expressing with joy and doing the things that feed us and that, you know, lead us to our natural curiosities, I'm just going to operate like this. I'm just going to be smooth and easy. Mm-hmm. Because most people are frustrated because they're doing things they don't want to do or don't like doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really do this, but I feel like I don't have a choice. Yeah. And as a result, it makes me irritable. Yeah. And I'm irritable and it comes out in all these funky ways. <laughs> you know, what if that wasn't the case? Yeah. So the creative part for me is really helping people to see what that looks like for them. And it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, for some people, it could be something visual. For some people, it may be that they need to be in community with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, they may need to see that they're serving in some way or capacity. But let's just get you to that spot because there's a term in... Um, sociology that's called relative deprivation and the basic idea is I compare what's happening in my life to your life and I'm I follow I feel drawn or attracted to this is kind of like why we can't look away from train wrecks Mm. like or reality tv Mm -hmm. like and you see people on tv like making complete fools out of themselves (laughs) doing craziness and you you laugh you laugh you're like oh that is so messed up and in that exchange, you're like, oh, but my life is not nearly as bad as that. Mm. I don't feel what level of relative deprivation am I feeling? Oh, I feel much better about myself because that is some cuckoo crazy stuff that's <laughs> happening on the TV <laughs> over there. And gosh, wouldn't it be great if you were, if many of us were not constantly feeling like we were in a worse position than whoever may be around us? Right, And you weren't feeling like you had to compare because you were so contented in your own space that what your neighbor was doing is like, doesn't really matter to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, my core mystery is how we create and how to help people do that so that they're really expressing themselves. Yeah. That was beautifully stated. I I felt like you were just coaching me. I'm like... (laughs) Looking like what are my ill-defined edges? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking about and you said one this quote that um I can't wait to just continue to share. The work you do 
should be an expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. It should be an expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having a conversation um, with a really good friend recently. And they literally asked me, you know, why did you, you start your podcast? I said, I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. I said, at the end of the day, I think that what feeds me is good conversation where there's an exchange of information and learning and, you know, growth and, um, and just stories. I love to hear, you know, the evolution of people's personal brands or, you know, even what they've done with their businesses. And so I enjoy those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. And when I found myself working in a space where I couldn't really talk to people as much, I was like, Oh, this is, I can't do it. You know, I can't do it. I have Mm -hmm. to, um, I love being creative and I love designing and I love helping people and, um, even helping people define and design their brands. Right. Um, but at some point I need to talk to somebody. I want to talk to them about their brands. I want to, you know, just commune with them. Mm -hmm. And so when you talked about being fed, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. Um, it's 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 such a fed is such a small three letter word, but it's so powerful. You need to be fed in order to you know be impactful and do what you you love to mm-hmm. do. Otherwise, if you're not being fed, you'll be depleted completely. Yeah, and there are so many of us walking around on fumes. Yeah, and it's just like I mean. There's science that supports it. Walking day to day around with no um, with no animation is like going with a lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. We know what happens when you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. You get delirious. You hallucinate. You become irritable. You make mistakes. The brain gets foggy. That same stuff happens if day after day you find yourself in a situation that you really don't like or that you are not you're not engaging with the things that actually animate you mm-hmm. and the the body connection comes in in that you know the um, the adrenals will fire the bo- body can't differentiate between something that is only happening in your mind and something that is really happening to you So when you continue to go into a situation day after day after day, that upsets you Mm -hmm. or irritates you. And it raises your hormones and your, like the cortisol and everything in your system. Your body doesn't know. I mean, it can't differentiate between you running down an alley because somebody is chasing you and you're upset Mm -hmm. and you're upset because you don't like your environment, work environment is toxic. It can't differentiate. So what's happening mm-hmm. to your body? If you're running down an alley and somebody's chasing you, it's going to end one way or the other. Yeah. Presumably in under an hour. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what? But your body has released all these. You may not have ever thought you could run a seven minute mile, but you got the heck out of there yeah. <laughs> because somebody was chasing you, right? Yeah. But what is what is happening? Imagine this one time event. What what is happening to your body if you're in a situation like that for five years? Mm-hmm. What toll is it taking? And then yeah. people wonder, like there's a direct correlation between stress and ulcers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so your body, we can't see it on the outside, but you are jacking your body up on the inside when you don't address toxic situations. Yeah. And then we wonder why things break down yeah. and why we get sick. And that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> by the time you're verbalizing, being discomforted by something, it's been in your energetic field probably for years Yeah, floating around. And then to be able to articulate it and still not do anything about it settles in your cell tissue. And it will localize in areas, um, there's the, the Hindu chakras talk about energy centers of the body and they correlate with different parts of the body. But they're, 
is still quite a bit of evidence that shows the relationship between the type of stress or trauma that you're under and where that localizes in the body. It's fascinating, but that's why I wanted to open that wellness center and say, it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> you know, you can do something about it. And um, yeah, you definitely do something about it. And the work that you're doing, um, I mean, the work that you're doing is so important. I love the name Beyond Blind Spots. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's of course, it's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy, but what I, I loved it because I was I was thinking the blind spots. First, I think about driving, mm-hmm. and you're like, "This is a blind spot." Usually, when there's a blind spot, you, there's a chance you may have an accident. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't see the car next to me, right. so I don't know what to do, right. you know. And so, should I make it? Should I get in this lane, or should I stay over here, mm-hmm. you know? And so, tell me, you know. What are those blind spots? Like, what does that that mean? Because how do you look beyond the blind spots? Yeah, so the first thing I think is really interesting about, about saying beyond blind spots is that it gets people to do what you just did, which is to even think like, oh, what are the blind spots? And that to me is the first huge step because most of the time we walk around like we've got blinders on and we're not, we're just in, in motion, yeah. right? Like automatic. Like a hamster. On yeah, the exactly. Automatic motion. And so to even stop for a minute and think, what am I not seeing? And in a way, it, when you stop to do that, it asks you to be in your truth. And what that means, nobody has to know what that truth is. But it's so powerful for you to like go where you need to go, close the bathroom door, do whatever you need to do to make a list of the things that are true for you. And I say true, not good or bad, but true. Like how you feel about something, the things that you like to do. What is my truth? And just get that all out because you can't deal with it until you see it. Like the brain is designed to help solve problems, but you can't leave them nebulous. You need to be specific. And once you become specific and add specificity to whatever it is that you're doing, it makes it easier for you to make decisions. And miraculously, the universe shows up to support you. But I, 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 mostly it's around, like I talk about fears. And I say fears, imagine your fears are like you sitting in a football stadium, the only person in there right at the 50 yard line in the first row before you would jump onto the field. You're sitting there, you're on the 50 yard line and all your fears are circled around you in that stadium. Most of us don't stop to examine what the fear really is. We just know we're experiencing fear. But what is the fear? And it's not until you specify it, like you identify it, that you can do anything about it. So then we swing and we miss. We swing and we miss. (laughs) So my thing is you call the fears down onto the field, you shine a spotlight on it, and most of the time you will discover that it is not a real fear. You know, you'll say, I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm afraid I might lose my job. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what about that makes you afraid? I don't know how I'll pay my bills. I'm not sure what, you know, I don't know what my boss thinks about me. Um, I'm not sure how easy it'll be to find a new job. But by identifying the things that make you fearful, it points you to the answer. I don't know how my, my boss feels about me. All right, what can you do to get a handle on that? I don't know if I'll be able to find a new job. Well, what can you do to get on that? Yeah. I don't know how I'll pay my bills. Well, that comes as a result of the first two. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So now you can actually do something about something that was sitting around up here. You know what? Do I need to be afraid of that right now? No, because actually I still have my job. I'm still being paid. Still got a roof over my head. So in this immediate moment, it's not a valid fear. That doesn't mean I'm not going to take action on the things I was worried about to go prepare myself. Right? Maybe right. I should start looking for another job. Do I really like this job? Is this the best environment for me? What do I need to do? Maybe I should be saving a little more money each month if I can. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you can take action, it brings relief. It's only in that stuck place where you're like, uh, I don't know what. It's like deer in the headlights. Like, I don't know what I'm, uh, what, what I'm going to do. So when you shine the light on it, throw it on the football field, shine the light, it kind of dissipates. And clarity comes in, but you have to be willing to look at it. So when I say stand in your truth, that's part of what I mean. Okay, what's true for you? What do I like? What don't I like? What do I want to be different? And once you begin to sort that through, you can start to navigate to new and more comfortable places in your life. Wow. We could end there, but <laughs> um, I, I, wow! I think that actually that brings me, you know, to my next question. When we're thinking about new places, new and uncomfortable places in your life, and even standing in your truth, and I, I remember when I did my first event, mm-hmm. and uh, my mother was there, and she told me being at this event and knowing. And hearing these speakers talk about what to do to elevate your brands and it made me feel like there are things I can still do too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I don't have to be in a position that I don't want to be in, you know, even though I'm in my fifties, I can still do something else. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about standing in your truth and being true to yourself and sometimes I know we talked about fear, but being bold and making another step mm-hmm. so that you can stand in your truth because it, it does require you to be fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone can, if you can, I'm not going to say not everyone, but if you can move away into a new position or start a hobby or do something to make sure that you're doing what you love to do, I think that that's incredible. And I think that when you get to when you've done things and I'll just, I'll talk about you, you've done incredible things. You've done work with the white house fashion fair. We talked about, you mentioned Quaker Oats and you've done some incredible work. And then you also wrote a book and you know, you have this amazing brand beyond blind spots where you're coaching people. And it's like, you're, to me, it feels like your creativity and your truth is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. And I, I admire that about you. And I think about with my mom, where it's just kind of like, she's like, I want to evolve in that mm-hmm. way too. And I think what you've done has been so incredible mm-hmm. and um, that every woman needs to see that, oh, um, that you. you can, you know, you can walk a different pathway mm-hmm. if you're standing in your truth, if you're doing what you love to do. And if you don't want to do that, mm-hmm. and if you can't, you can move on to the things you love to do. And so your new thing, Zoe goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is interesting because with what you're talking about with the coaching that you did, if you, you know, I don't, I don't think about fashion mm-hmm. or sustainability when I think about the White House. <laughs> I just right, know right. I, I think politics. I think mm-hmm. you know, and and it's it's like they're almost it's like dealing with two different types of consumer, mm-hmm. um, in a way, you know, depending on you know depending on what you're doing, whatever you're serving, who you're serving, um, but you know, sitting here having this conversation with you, talking about the blind spots and talking about how your creativity has evolved. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about Zoe Goals mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that's incredible. Just listening to you talk and thinking about, you know, standing in your truth. How did you get to Zoe Goals? Like what, what, you know, what was the inspiration behind that? And do you think that's any 
different from your pathway or is it just all still connected in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what, where my coaching work has evolved, it, it you know, it evolved from in blind spots is the umbrella, if you will. But that led me to develop the process, the soul's code process and the soul's code process, which is it's four parts that leads people through um, if they go all to all four through all four parts to design their businesses in a way that um, feeds them while they're feeding others. And it can be a service or a product and also allows them to design packages and things that fit with the audience they're choosing to serve and who will resonate with the work that they do. In that process, I evolved into this concept of being extraordinary on your own terms. And this idea that you get to decide and you have way more power in what happens in your life than we normally think we do. That further evolved into what I'm now calling, and it's a book I'm working on now, called Your Radical Intersection. And I don't know if we talked about this a little bit before, but the whole idea is there's a really powerful place where uh, what you love, what you aspire to, you know, things that move you, uh, what you're curious about, what you feel called to do, where that intersects Mm -hmm. with what I call your physical features. Mm -hmm ethnicity, orientation, nationality, age, where that mashes up into this kind of beautiful ball. And if you think about it like um like baking a cake, mm-hmm. it's the ingredients that are going into your cake. Got it. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what's coming out of the oven is a unique cake. Like your flavor cake is not going to be like anybody else's flavored cake. Yes. And I I say the radical intersection because I think it's your most powerful place. It requires you to reclaim or it invites you to reclaim parts of yourself that you thought didn't fit. Like, oh, I'm an attorney, but I've always loved photography, but I don't know how photography would fit. I'm in my 50s. What could that mean? I'm not sure. Let's explore. Yeah. You know, let's invite that back in Mm -hmm. to your life. It could mean that you take the portraits of your partners It could mean that your art starts to line the hallways of your office. It could mean that you volunteer taking portraits of women and children in in a community center. Who knows? But the key is that you've got to pull back in the things that feed you. Yeah. And you have to incorporate it into your life in some way. Sometimes it's outside of the day-to-day work we do and sometimes as in with Zoe goes it becomes the work that you do so if I were to list some of the things that I that make me me the ingredients in my cake right it's design and travel and fashion and beauty and empowerment and entrepreneurship um and how we create it's freedom Mm. Those are core elements in what makes me me. The design piece has already always been there. We started the conversation with where did that, what about the creativity? I was always doing some flourish, (laughs) some creative artsy flourish to anything that I did. It was always part, it's always been part of who I am. Here's the other piece. Designing Zoe Goes, which is this six piece travel capsule collection for women, all sustainable in a zippered luggage cube so you can grab and go. What's fascinating is the fabrics that I'm using are all sustainable. One of them is a recycled, it's a recycled post-consumer polyester or polys, plastics, like uh, water bottles Mm -hmm. and fishing lines. Wow. Well, remember when I said I wanted to be a marine biologist? Yes. (laughs) Wow. And there are billions of tons of plastic bottles that are getting dumped in the ocean Yeah, every year. So these things don't really leave your orbit. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't start out planning that. Mm-hmm. 
but in the evolution of letting that reveal itself to me, I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to do this, let's do it in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Let's love the earth and, and take care of it in the process of, so it started this whole, a whole process for me and how I'm, how I'm even offering the product. I'm doing a made to order production process so that I eliminate the waste. Once a month I'll ship, but it'll only be based on what people order so that I'm not burning or trashing things that nobody wanted, right? So for me, Zoe Goes is the physical expression of me. It is all those things I mentioned before (laughs) um, put into a business. And it allows me to do things like travel around the world Mm -hmm. as part of my business, to do photo shoots potentially in other parts of the world, to see and and engage at a level, like to be able to work from anywhere. I'm designing the business, remember, extraordinary Mm -hmm. on my terms, so that I can work from wherever I want to work for as long as I want to do it, right? So this is my base case of all of my philosophies which is put your soul in your business it's meant to be an expression in the work that you do do it on your terms in the way that speaks to you when you do that you will resonate with the people who are meant to find you mm-hmm. and you will be happier and in doing so you without even trying you bring a certain harmony anywhere you go because your vibe is a peaceful one you can walk in a room and calm it down without even trying because just by virtue of the energy that you hold so miss zoe is going (laughs) she's my expression in the world and i would there was one thing i meant to say when you were we were talking about being fearless and there's one thing that i like to say to my clients all the time and that is um confidence is overrated Mm. Like everybody says, oh, you need to be confident and, and show up and be confident. And even that idea of fake it till you make it is wrong. Because inherent in faking it till you make it is fake. <laughs> and you're going to feel like a, uh imposter. You know, that's a big thing these days, imposter syndrome. <laughs> well, if somebody tells you to fake it till you make it, you're telling them to be an imposter yeah. until you feel like you've made it. Those two vibrations don't even work together. You are you will be constantly countering yourself because you're like, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Well, you're reinforcing on a subconscious level that you're faking it. No, <laughs> that's so wrong. So I say... You know, confidence is actually earned over time. You become confident as you feel like you are getting better and um, mastering something. Courage is far more important. It's courage. Courage you can step into. You do it as a baby. It's a, that's what sits in your heart, not confidence. Courage does. And if you need to reach for anything, reach for the courage to feel the fear and do it anyway. And I wish I could remember who said that, but that's what it is. Confidence isn't going to get you through there, through that fear. It is the courage to push and do it anyway. Be courageous. Take a look at what your truths are. No one else has to see what you write down. You can burn it when you're done. But the most powerful thing you can do is to be truthful with yourself. And when you do that, magical things happen. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say confidence is overrated. But to, and I was curious, I'm like, where is she going with that? <laughs> but when you talked about being courageous, um, because it's when you you're right, when you're courageous, it'll build your confidence. Yes. And when you're walking and doing what you're supposed to be doing because when you're you're right when you're faking it 
there's you're not confident. No, you're not. You're not. That's not. <laughs> so why even try? Like it's such a it's such a terrible myth that like it's it's such a disservice. Mm-hmm. And we keep telling our young people this, and we tell people like, no, don't don't do that. Always stand in your truth. Because here's the thing, it's so powerful because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get caught in a lie. People can't trip you up. You're not yeah. going to make a mistake because you've said. Like I remember when I was interviewing for uh, one of my jobs, I had not, I had never been responsible for the like advertising full on. And I w- went to the job. I really wanted it, but but when they asked me how much have you died, told them I've never managed an agency. I've never been directly responsible, but here's what I know. I'm really good at picking things up quickly. Mm-hmm. And I will ask questions if I don't know something. Right. And I got the job. It ended up being a $20 million advertising budget that I was responsible for. But I wasn't trying to lie. Yeah. And it just standing in your truth makes you more confident. Yeah. It does, because you're like, you can't shock me you can't snipe at me because i'm acknowledging i don't know this i do know this so there's no way that somebody can get you (laughs) because you said something that wasn't true yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so it's 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 really important to deal with that truth thing Mm -hmm. and then own it yeah and like i said no one has to know except you and when you do, it's going to change the way you walk in the world. Yeah. And then you get to make an informed decision. If you decide to continue along a path that is uncomfortable, you have made it a choice of your own and in full like disclosure. Mm-hmm. Not like there's some secret, not like somebody's doing something to you. No, no, no. You know that this is an uncomfortable thing, but have made the choice to continue. It's okay. But it, it definitely gives you courage and takes you out of the victim head. Yeah. Like something's happening to you. No, everything's happening for you. That was good. That was good. Um, I love that you mentioned the ingredients in my cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think how many of us think about the ingredients in our cake. I, I literally say here like, okay, once this interview is over, I'm going home. Well, after <laughs> I go to my next thing, <laughs> after that, I'm going home. And then I am going to think about the ingredients in my cake, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, making sure that I continue to walk in my truth and mm-hmm. also just, you know, make the decisions to, to the decision to, be authentically myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're authentic and you are yourself in any room that you enter, the right people will be drawn to you. Yeah, and I, I use the example of a lighthouse. I don't know if I shared this with you before. The um, With a lighthouse, imagine there's a lighthouse and there's 100, win- 100 windows around the lighthouse. And all of them except like four are blacked out. Now, what is the ship that's out in the water getting bounced around? What do they think is happening with that lighthouse that's only got four windows clear? Is that land? I don't know. What, what is that? Is it a plane with a light? Like, what, what is happening? We're like lighthouses. Yeah. And in order to get to have what's right for us resonate, back to us we have to put out the right information the right frequency so if i'm not standing in my truth and i'm putting something out there what i get back is not quite right i'm like well it's close but it's not quite right Right. well there's a reason for that because it's like putting a um a resume i mean a, a a wanting to hire somebody and you put out a job description, mm-hmm. but the job description is missing some of the tasks. Yeah. Then you get people who are applying for the job and they're not quite right. Well, they're not quite right because you didn't really put the right tasks 
on the job description. Yeah. And then you wonder like, oh, two, when people say, oh, I feel like I'm taking two steps forward and one step back, that is a dead giveaway to me that they are not in their truth. Mm-hmm. That some aspect of what they're trying to pursue is off. Yeah. Because they're getting a little bit of what's right, but then they're getting something that's really crazy that throws them off. So this, this idea of, of standing in your truth, think of it as a lighthouse. Now, if you cleared those windows, all hundred windows, now the ship is like, oh, there's land over there. Yeah. I know I need to like steer away because they're probably rocks and I need to be careful. Yeah. Right? Same thing's true. The quality of what you put out will definitely determine the quality of what you get back. Yeah. Right. And the same thing is true for your vibrations, for your thoughts, for what you're trying to do or build. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a reflection back of what you put out there. And so it's it's that truth thing seems it's very simple. It's a very simple concept, but it is robust in what it can give back to people. Okay, you say it. Some incredible, <laughs> you said some incredible things. What's you, you have Zoe goes mm-hmm. and you you have Beyond Blind Spots. What's next for you? Oh, super question. <laughs> you know, that's a really good question. Um, really, it's the merging of the two sides of the business. I, Zoe goes for me is more than just about the clothing. I'm really committed to um, helping to empower women, um, especially brown women. I'm just going to say it because we continue to end up on the bottom of every list, yeah. right? And I fundamentally believe that we have a tendency to wait for permission to be us. Mm. And look, I have stories I could tell about making making choices in my life that that I thought would open doors for me. And they didn't. it opened the door, but it didn't take away the bias that I still experienced, right? So, you know, I went to Harvard and I went to Harvard for business school because I didn't want anybody to challenge me about my right to be sitting at the table in the room. Well, I still got challenged and I still got doubted and I still, you know, those things still happen. So I firmly believe that sisters have to lift their sisters. And I'm a huge advocate. I think if people don't feel like they can take action in their lives because of a circumstance or a person, I can't, I can't do this because of this person, because at the end, I don't know how I'm going to feed myself. I don't know how I'm going to take care of myself. I'm a firm believer in multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everybody has something that could potentially be monetized, but even if it's not something that you generate, it is be getting into the mindset of creating places where and ways to begin to earn money that begins to work for you. Because think about how different people feel if you were in a toxic work environment, let's say, and you knew you had a year's living expenses banked at home and some nut decided they wanted to like confront you in Mm -hmm. some bullyish way and you knew you could walk. Like how different is your voice in that situation versus if you didn't have that, like, what are you likely to do? And here's what will happen. Your energy will be so different because you know that you can take care of yourself that the bully's not even going to line up for you. Mm -hmm. Like you almost end up avoiding it altogether because energetically they're not feeling that victim. Mm. You know, energetically people can feel things about you. Right, right. So if you know, you don't, you are now off the bully's radar yeah, because you just don't even have that vibe. Right. You know, so what can I do mm-hmm. becomes a question to help women 
find the way to be in the world without prejudice or limitation. And that's the Zoe mission, is for people to be able to explore the world and themselves in it without prejudice or limitation. So I don't know what exactly that looks like. It may be some kind of specific programming using Zoe as an example. Um, it's certainly ultimately going to involve women from around the world and small collectives and places that I can support as we, you know, introduce new scarves or new pieces. Um, there are a couple of other elements to Zoe Goes in the pipeline that are not clothing, yeah. you know, but travel related products. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of wide open. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, that is exciting. Exciting and fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, I, thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah. you for sharing the mission yeah. of Zoe Goes. Um, and in terms of your mission, you know, since, you know, Zoe Goes is literally an embodiment yeah. of who you are. <laughs> it is. She is. That's my Zoe. Beyonce came out with Sasha Pierce. Right. I got my little Zoe working. Yeah, yeah. She's cool. I love it. I love yeah. it. How can people you know, connect with you, people who, you know, who need, you know, either your services or they want some of your amazing products and, you know, how can people connect with yeah, you? Yeah, so um, they can visit beyondblindspots.com. That's the website. And it's the same thing on social. So Facebook or Instagram. And then uh, Zoe Goes is Zoe Goes, Z-O-E-G-O-E-S.com. And they can go there and take a peek and, you know, tool around. And I love it when people reach out. I write back to everybody that comments on social, mm-hmm. you know, so reach out. Let me know. I'm yeah. happy to engage. And, um, yeah, let me know what's going on. But <laughs> and, and if people want to have a conversation of, you know, like what it's like to work with me you know there's a they can connect through my website beyond blind spots website yeah well this has been an amazing conversation um if i can think of a few key takeaways Mm. and that standing your truth Mm. that was to me the heart Mm. of this conversation is literally standing in your truth and thinking about the things that feed you Mm -hmm. um, so that you can better feed others, Mm -hmm. you know, and just just thinking about being courageous um, so that you can stand in your truth, making a list of the things that are true to you, Mm -hmm. that, that those ingredients in your cake, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you know, so making a list of things that are true to you. I love that because that's the process, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to, if you don't, if you don't quite know what your yeah. truth is, you have to do a little bit of the work to kind of figure out what that is. What makes you happy? What makes you feel impactful? What makes you extraordinary? Right. You know, and because you use extraordinary on your website, you said mm-hmm. live an extraordinary life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredible. I think some of us don't believe we can live that extraordinary life. But after this conversation, and I hope that, you know, someone listening feels that, I can live an extraordinary life because I'm going to stand in my truth. I'm going to be who I was created to be and be creatively me. And so I thank you yeah, uh, for this conversation. Um, I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm about to go create my alter ego. There we go. There we go. Find out who she is or he is. Right. Your alter could be, could be male. Right. Could be like coming with, coming with the guns. Yeah, like big power. Yeah, so this is great. You are awesome. Um, Zoe Goes is amazing, and um, I'm inspired, and I hope someone was inspired today. So thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you feel inspired to take your brand to the next level, and I hope we can stay connected. So please follow me on Instagram at Next Level Brand Behavior or on my personal page at Lindria Reynolds. 
Also, for more tips and tools on how to elevate your personal and business brand, feel free to visit my website at www.lindriareynolds.com. You'll also find past episodes of Next Level Brand Behavior. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. So be the first to get some of these gems and share them with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Until next time, be you and shine.